Roll it. Oh, you hear that, Jeremy? Did you hear that? That's Phil Schneider's voice. Deep, glorious tones of a very tired father. Welcome aboard to the tired. Thanks, guys. Again. I'm actually I'm actually late tonight with my wife and newborn are gone, and I was so much enjoying quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, your place for church and technology, with your hosts, Eric Dye, Jeremy Smith, and Phil Schneider. But first, a quick word from this week's sponsor. Thanks, Larry. This podcast is brought to you by The Social Christian, a theological exploration of social media. A new book from Church Mag Press by me, Phil Schneider. That's right, folks. I can string words together occasionally. This new ebook will take you through uh, some theological premises and, and ideas around how we use social media, how we shouldn't use social media, and how we can possibly redeem social media for the glory of God. Though probably not Snapchat. You can pick up a copy of this book from Church Mag Press. Thank you, Phil. It's time now to let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye along here with Jeremy Smith and the one, the only, Phil Schneider. Phil, welcome back to the podcast. It's so good to be back. <laughs> Somebody, some idiot, some idiot dared ask me yesterday or no, yesterday, I, I, days lose all meaning when you have a newborn, but some idiot asked me in the past seven weeks, hey, so what do you guys have another one? I almost stabbed them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing! Yeah, you know we had some great fill-ins, some great fill-ins. Um, but as much as they tried to fill your shoes, none of them had any chance of filling your fourteen quadruple e wide shoes, whatever, whatever the heck size they are. Basically, they were clown shoes and snowshoes. <laughs> I wear clown shoes all year round till summer. Then I just wear snowshoes strapped to my bare feet. Now, if, if you think I'm joking that Phil wears size 14, you have another thing coming at you. Let me tell you, you have you have something else looking down at you. And it's, and it's, and it's my yes. it's my foot. Yes, it is his foot. No, but Phil, it is. We've been talking about this in the back channel for weeks and weeks. Uh, in 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 excitement and preparation to have Phil back. I mean, th- this actually happened be- because we recorded ahead of time and because we were getting ready for the holidays and then we had the fill-ins, et cetera. Um, Phil's actually, he-, he hasn't just missed like three weeks. It's It's been actually quite a few more weeks than that. And uh, it it really is great to have you back, Phil. Thank you. I pulled up Hangouts and it tells me your last, last Hangout you were in. And October 31st was my last Hangout because I think the week... Whoa. Yeah. The week after we had to cancel for something, I think. And then um, we did from there. I think I had to just pull out because my wife was at 38 weeks or whatever. Wow. That escalated quickly. Yeah. Man. It's, it sure did. Wow. Well, um, well, now that we've got all the, the welcome backs out of the way here, um, we got a audio question from John Wilkerson of the, I think, some uh, homeschool podcast. I don't know. He, he follows Church Mag. He, he follows the podcast. He tweets at us, sends us these awesome questions. Does the 10? Yeah, he does the 10. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know you were on it? Yeah, yeah, I know. John's cool. John's a cool guy. I, I, I know John. We go way back. We go way like 8-bit way back. Anyway. John's a cool guy, and um, I always love it because he likes to send the audio clips for the questions. And, you know, if you're listening going, hey, that's kind of cool, well, hey, do the same thing. Like, record it, send it to us, podcast at Church Mag, and we will play your question and answer it right here on the podcast. So, John, let's, uh, let's share your question with everybody. Hey, guys, it's John Wilkerson 
from the Wired Homeschool and just wanted to share some thoughts with you guys. Something that came up recently in my church where my pastor mentioned that someone in Africa who we work with over there downloads the podcasts and listens to them. Now, here in the U.S., we're really big about making sure we get the highest quality audio out there that we can, but that leads to pretty decent-sized files. So what that challenged me to do was knowing that people are listening in areas where they don't have broadband or where if they do have high-speed data, it's very limited, either in the amount that they're able to download or when they can get access. It's encouraged me to create a low-bandwidth version of our sermons that are online. And so I'm going to have to do a little tweaking with the files to make sure that when I reduce the quality of the of the file, it's still listenable. But it got me to thinking that we as churches in America, we, we tend to only think about the people that we're reaching locally. We, don't, we only think about the immediate members in, in the immediate area. And there are still places in the country that they don't have broadband internet access. Maybe the fastest thing they have is DSL or some slow satellite connection. So what are your thoughts on making our sites accessible to those people with low bandwidth or limited connectivity? And what are some of the best ways that you guys think it can be done? I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Thanks a lot. God bless. Well, Phil, like you, you wanna you wanna field this first? I, I do. I think um, I have a lot of thoughts on this. I think first of all, I like to point out. Yeah, give credit where credit's due, and this is why uh, whychristmas.com, you know, James's site, which is so wonderfully profiled in the British Takeover episode. Um, it's why it's so awesome because his whole site, I think, is less than ten megs. And it's designed to be accessed you know, worldwide under any kind of internet connection you know, situation. So it's that kind of thinking that I think the church needs to to lend towards, move towards. So to that end, if if I were if if I knew my church's podcast was being downloaded heavily um, in a uh, developing world country where the internet connection is primarily mobile and perhaps primarily metered, then I would definitely convert my files to a low, uh, offer perhaps a in iTunes a, a high five a lo-fi version if i can go ahead and use those, those retro terms but it, to, to do lo-fi in a good good way is not hard you just you convert your audio to mono which i know sounds terrible to we um you know stuck up westerners but convert your audio to mono and then just just downgrade the quality a few notches you know we don't um put bumpers on our podcast we used to the audio bumpers and we don't do that anymore and so that right away you save you save data you save quality you can you can lower your quality ceiling by only having audio or having spoken word on your audio files as opposed to having some sort of uh music bed absolutely absolutely and you know i think it's a also it's a good point in you know we have to have the best we have to have the the biggest kind of mentality. I remember way back in the day when I first started building websites, the goal was to have every image file under 14K kilobytes, right? That's a very, if, if you know or do much work in the web, you know that, that 14K is really, really small. Like a church mag featured image, you're looking at anywhere between like 300 to 700. So it's a lot 
much, much bigger, right? Um, and so these are things that we don't really think about a lot. Like you might think about speed, but only to a point because you want to look good, right? Um, and, you know, like you said about about uh, uh, James's website, it not only helps it so that those in uh, places that have a, small, a slower internet connection can access it easily, but also lowers the server cost as well on how much, how much server resources he needs so that it's actually an affordable thing for him to do. That, that is definitely something to think about. At the same time, we also have to keep in mind of who is our audience, right? So while you might have a few people overseas, which just because they're overseas, I want to point out, doesn't mean they have a slow connection. For instance, those in Moldova have a far faster internet connection than I do here in, in the, out in the country in North Carolina. Okay. So, so overseas isn't necessarily the point as much as it is, who is your audience? Who's downloading it? Who's visiting your website? Who's trying to watch your videos? What kind of connection do they have? Because if you're a little country church and a lot of your people, they, they might be using, um, they're, they're, they're using cell phone internet connection. They might be using satellite internet connection, which is, um, which is metered or it, it has a cap. So they hit a data cap. So how awful is it for them to you know be be watching something or trying to download something and they're just eating through their data for the month right and so there are a lot of different things that you need to keep in mind and ultimately that is going to be defined with who is your audience now so here's here's my one question in reality let's say he's making a 30 minute podcast kind of like ours high production value lots of editing what is the file size of a highly produced audio file? Just a second, Jeremy. Depends on the length of the audio file. 30 so minutes. For, Let's shoot for 30 minutes. That's okay. I can tell you one second. Like, okay. Okay. So, okay. Here we go. So, uh, Church Mag Podcast 192. Um, it is, does, he, does it show the length here? In my details. No, that would be too simple. Oh, yes, there it is. 38-minute long podcast, bitrate 192 kbps. Good bitrate, an, an over-the-top bitrate. Is that over-the-top, Jeremy? Is that over-the-top? Um, I would say, I would say now, this, this is the size of when we... What's your, what's your bit this is the size that we upload it as. I don't know if, if Buzzsprout tweaks it at all or not. Anyway, the file size on that is 52 megabytes. 52 megabytes. So... What was the bit rate? What was the bit rate? Uh, 192. Yeah, that's over the top. That's how we were on. Um, our church podcast, uh, half an hour, <laughs> half an hour sermon, uh, 17.8 megabytes. Yeah, the, the, the final uploaded version may be different because I know Buzzsprout does a conversion for you, so it, it might actually be smaller by the time we push it up. I have a tough time. I'm going to push back on this. I have a tough time with... If this was streaming video like a live stream for a service if for a church or if this was you playing YouTube clips and wanting to hit people in very low internet connection areas. Totally understand because your file size are going to be huge. I just did. I just rendered an eight minutes video for my vlog and the video file was 3.2 gigabytes. Obviously that's going to be a big deal. Like I accidentally went over my data because I turned off my internet because I didn't want to connect to McDonald's Wi-Fi. And 10 minutes later I was watching YouTube video and I kept out my internet for my phone for the month. Whoops. But audio files are completely different. And I have a tough time with this as well as nobody is very few people. And I won't say nobody, but very few people are probably streaming this unless they just don't have internet. 
They're probably down. I mean, I think of myself when I have it set up so that's my phone at all times is checking while on Wi-Fi to see if there's a podcast and just automatically downloading it. And then I have it on my phone because I'm in Ohio and there are dead zones. And if I were to try to stream it, I wouldn't get it all the time. Um, and so it's already downloaded onto my phone when I'm finished listening to it. It automatically deletes it. That's just what the Pocket Casts app does. And so I'm never actually like trying to stream it. And so I'm never getting interrupted with buffering. I'm never actually having issues of download because I'm doing it on my home um, internet, which I realize there's a lot of places that have capped um, internet. But we're talking about 10, 20, maybe 30 megabytes at most for a 30-minute podcast. Well, but hold on. Let's pull but- well, so thirty a thirty uh, two minute episode uh, podcast was uh, under eighteen, and I found a forty eight forty eight minute one for under twenty three. But hold on, I'm, I'm gonna push back here. I mean, we um, intentionally uh, we intentionally keep our ours low because originally we had limits on our uploads on our on our old host. Sure. So our sort of same same process. We keep ours low. We don't. I think we <laughs> we keep our bit rates and against just one mic. And uh, it's, it's probably stereo mix, but it's one mic and it's just a human voice. So there's not much data to encode there. Um, sure. And so it's, it's, you know, it's easy to keep that low. If you are um, recording, you know, like digital audio, first of all, if you're recording raw digital audio, you're, you have to, you're scaling down from a much higher mountain than we are. We're, you know, ours is uh, um, a raw file for one of our sermons. Because it's, yeah. we record, we start recording at worship is maybe you know eight hundred megabytes, but that's including twenty minutes of really intensely, you know, uh, heavy coding, you know, audio through uh, through a band playing. Yep. So I think that that's something to consider too. I also I want I don't think we're talking about people who are who have access to Wi-Fi. All they have is the data on their phone, so they they might be streaming it because they can't do automatic downloads. Sure. But that being said, they, they're streaming most of the time unless they go to a local store that has Wi-Fi and they can sit there and. Well, I think we're, that see, if I'm understanding the the, the situation correctly from from. Uh, I don't think that's a scenario. That's an option for most of these people. Like, um, right? Yeah. What we're talking about are people that that do live uh, far more remote or have 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 mobile data, and so it is a different issue. And I, re- I realize I'm playing devil's advocate on this. I get that. Yeah, I know. But okay, okay. I, I want to bring up. Uh, I want to do as long as, long as you know you're wrong, Jeremy. It's fine. <laughs> as long as you know you're taking the wrong the wrong position. I mean, on here, this. here's the thing: is you're talking about audio podcast, and you know if if you, if it's kind of on your heart to do it, then by all means, I think you should do it. But I think that there may be a bigger fish here to fry. Um, and I I'm glad that I'm glad that this topic was brought up about about essentially accessibility. Like, how accessible are we are we making media and when we look at something like web accessibility i know for a fact that church websites in general are way 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 completely off the mark for web accessibility you know how how does a how does someone who is visually impaired visit your website how easy is it for them to 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 use your website those that are colorblind how about those that have glaucoma like these are actual statistics that would impact your potential web viewers far more than somebody trying to download a sermon in in Africa all right in Uganda a far higher chance and so I, I think that w- what I really like about this point being brought up is that this is something that that uh, 
that we should definitely be thinking about. Like how accessible, what kind of web accessibility standards do our church websites meet? Are they meeting the standard? More than likely, probably not. I'm going to do one more pushback and it has nothing to do with the quality of the audio or like what we're doing as far as file size. But I have to think every single time we're not talking about like already set up um, processes, like you've intentionally set your um, recording to be lower so that the file size is a lot lower and the output is already like the presets for the export is already lower. Like I'm not talking about the stuff that the process is already set up. We're not changing every single time, but he talked about creating a whole separate, um, having an original high res and a low res, which means there's a lot of work that can potentially go into this. And I, I think it, mm. I think I look at well, our, I, I, I realize there's some things you could do no. also, but I look at our podcast and I think we could probably do something like this, but we also could probably, if you pull up pocket cast app, we probably could have a better description. Like if we go into our last podcast and I realize I'm dating it, the fill in with Seth Muse, we have two sentences on our description for that podcast episode. We don't have a link to church mag or our social media stuff. We don't um, talk any more in depth about the actual content that we could spend some time doing that as well and actually engage better with our audience that we already have for ourselves to do more. And I wonder which one would actually be more beneficial time-wise, productivity-wise. Now, I will say the kicking out an extra file is, is not it, – it, 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 the – the overhead on that is severely low because it's just about flipping a couple different settings and letting the computer do the thing. If you are Eric Guy and have a ton of background, but like I think about it and I'm like, I don't know where I would actually start with that. Like I could take a Eric Guy course if there was something available, but I don't actually know what I would be doing and I would have to get it wrong right. several times to, yeah, be able to do that. And you're right about, you're right about the, the, the labeling things, the descriptions, these kind of things. You're absolutely right about that. That relates to my point of, you know, we're worried about accessibility. We're worried about, these are things that we definitely should be thinking about. And I love that, that that's been brought up. The question is, should it, could it, can it be applied to things that are uh, uh, more, more relevant than, than that perhaps? I think this begins with knowing your audience though, Jeremy. So I I think you're right. It's a lot of work to do two streams, hi-fi and lo-fi. That's where it's important to know your audience. And that's why I said, I think, I think I said this, if I knew my podcast was being used overseas, I would definitely do that. You know what I'm saying? But I don't I don't know that it is. And actually I'm almost positive based on our numbers, I'm almost positive it isn't. So I'm not too worried about creating a lo-fi stream for my podcast. But that's where I think that um in this case with 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 John, he knows his podcast being used overseas, he might want to consider creating a lo-fi option. And then also creating perhaps, you know, if they have other content on their site, perhaps they they you know, be missions minded to create a lo-fi missions site that can be easily accessed, you know, mobily uh, overseas. I will actually say that I'm on board myself. Um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Personally. And I, I think that that is the big takeaway from this is know your audience who who's accessing the, the content on your website, your podcast, YouTube, you know, wh- whatever it may be. I mean, YouTube works great. I have a terrible connection. YouTube creates multiple versions. Right. And so it, it, there's not a lot of legwork there. Um, and, you know, and to Jeremy's point, you know, is, is it worth the time? You know, where should your focus be? Weigh that out, you know, and, and figure that out. And again, that all comes back to know your audience. And I will also say that I think that um, not that you should follow what every big 
um, podcast team is doing, but um, a company like Twit actually doesn't do that. So they don't offer low res. If you go to their website, they don't have a low res version of their stuff, of all their stuff. And they have far more audience than Church Mag ever will. And they don't, they themselves don't do it. Where's the confidence, Jeremy? <laughs> the confidence? Yeah. That we ever, that we ever will. <laughs> we, will, we definitely will not. Come on, buddy. He's make, he makes multi-million dollars from his podcast. Well, lo- good for him. I know, right? Eric, 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 are we close to that? Oh, yeah. So if if close, you mean so so close to not making it that we're on the other side of it. If it were a cylinder shape, then yeah, we're close. <laughs> if the start is the end and we just started... Then we're closer to the end. So very, very far away. I don't even know. This is the world's worst analogy. Are we? Are we on the cylinder though? Are we there? <laughs> Send us an email. Subscribe and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message and be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com. <laughs>